Holy shit, was this his room? When he was a kid? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, these houses weren't even built back then. Katie, you said there was going to be evidence here. Where is it? Davey, we need to go. Now, come on. Wait, what's that? And welcome back to Autopsy of a Horror Movie. My name is Brucker, and today I am joined by my co-host, Orlean, of the podcast Spooky and Strange. Hello, Orlean. How are you doing on this summer evening? Hello. I had a daytime horror movie day today, which was really fun. Yes, I had to call that pulling the Brucker, waking up and watching a <laughs> horror movie. How <laughs> uh, Do you often do morning shows or, or, or you know like no. viewings of movies i'm i'm not a morning person i was actually up way too late last night like i may have seen 2 45 a.m i'm just a super <laughs> night owl i i can't help it but i don't yeah i don't watch horror movie in the morning i don't watch it at 3 a.m either i have to watch it like in the middle usually that's a very precise window of opportunity you have in between dinner in bed or not really bed but in between dinner and when <laughs> when you you consider all right that's it it no, could be no like lunch to dinner okay you know <laughs> so uh, as i said uh, i don't know if i said it yet but we are discussing summer of 84 from 2018 that is the movie that we were doing i thought that this would be a fun summertime movie uh obviously yeah, what a fun movie. How fun. Fun bodies. Mm. <laughs> it's it's fun up until the last 20 minutes. Uh, oh, the last is 20 it? minutes is still good. Is it? Is it fun? That is not one of the adjectives I will use. <laughs> well, I, I guess I'm using fun because it doesn't have that super like dark tone to it until like the last act. At least I don't, I don't think so. I thought it was kind of just like you know, a fun kind of like Goonies sort of thing to a Stranger Things sort of thing to into the last act of it. And you're giving me a look that says that you because believe otherwise. Because their adventure is 13 people are dead. Let's find out. So we're not next. That's not like Goonies. That's not like Stranger Things. <laughs> well, see, I feel like the movie doesn't really press like the point of like danger a whole lot. I don't know. Like, like it's more of them getting caught spying as opposed to them lo- losing their lives. I don't know. Maybe that's just when we get to the fear analysis, this will be definitely interesting to discuss. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right. We're already off to a hot start. <laughs> so I guess before we get into takes and opinions, uh, let's, let's introduce the playmakers of this movie. So, Summer of 84 came out in 2018. This movie was directed by a Canadian 
film group called RKSS, which stands for Roadkill Superstars. Okay, uh, weird. The f- this film group is made up of three directors, and their names are Francois Simard, Anouk Wissel, and Johan Carl Wissel. This film group, kind of like you know, three directors working on a project, you know, Roadkill Superstars. It it's similar to like Radio Silence, which directed the new Scream movies, kind of like that that mm, film group. Okay. This is a very Canadian movie by you know Canadian filmmakers, Canadian actors in this. I don't know. I didn't notice anything in the movie in particular. Yeah, I was going to say I didn't really pick up on that until I just went on the Wikipedia page and noticed. I was like, oh, they got like a bunch of Canadian actors for this. Like, like the 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 actor playing Davy, he's Canadian, and the filmmakers are too. Stuff like this happen in Canada because I've always heard it doesn't. (laughs) I'm sure. Child murder happens. Canada just sounds like such a nicer place. <laughs> it just happens in the home, not in the schools. But so, oh. goodness. But anyways, yeah, this is going to be a nice, light, fun episode. Uh, well, you know, I thought it would be a good follow-up to the last movie we did, A Nightmare on Elm Street, which was about a child murderer to another movie about child murder. We love a theme, especially if it's child murder. We love a theme. Yes, exactly. So this movie, I've seen a lot of people describe this movie. Like the first things that comes to their mind is that Stranger Things, uh, just because like the 80s setting. Yeah, and it, I don't really think that's a good comp for this. I I agree. I That's like kind of like what I've gone to just because like it's also set in the 80s and it's dealing with kids. It's like kind of like the easiest thing to like, I feel like get people hooked onto, but when sure but i yeah anyway keep going oh no you're fine i was just going to say you're probably about to say what wow it was but the directors they said that because somebody asked me how do you feel about other people comparing your film to the likes of stranger things and they said it's funny because that's what people now like younger audiences are growing up with but like you know what we grew up with was things like Stand by Me, The Goonies, and The Burbs. Those, those like, were things mm-hmm. that they were drawing from while making this, not things contemporary like Stranger Things. Yeah. Actually, what I was going to say is it. this feels more like The Lovely Bones set in the 80s. Okay. I haven't seen a lo- Lovely Bones. Okay. I just feel like it has a similar dark vibe throughout and... Compared to like Stranger Things, which feels to me more magical, like the music even is more like twinkly, twinkly. And it's like, ooh, what is it? As opposed to this, which is like, we already know it's a serial killer. Yeah, the the movie does have that quote early on. I, th- I think the movie book ends with the quote, you know, every ser- the serial killer is a neighbor to somebody. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is like I remember that advertisement for this because I think I this didn't have like a wide theatrical release. This kind of did its rounds through like Sundance and all the other film festivals. It had a very limited theatrical release, but I feel like I have maybe it's a false memory, but I feel like I remember seeing ads for this at some point, like one trailer somewhere. I've never seen a trailer for this. I intentionally didn't watch it. Actually, I just went into it knowing the poster and that and just anything you had said. And that's it. Awesome. I feel like that's kind of a good way to go into it. I the summer of 84. This was actually my entry into Shudder. So Mm. I got Shudder 
early on into the pandemic because you know you're kind of like oh let's try out new streaming services you know and as i was browsing their catalog which is something that i just do like whether it's netflix or shutter i'll just pick like a 45 minute window i'm like i'm just going to browse i'm not going to pick anything i'm just going to add to my queue it, it just try to <laughs> get through it one day but um yeah i spent a good amount of time browsing shutter when i first got it and summer of 84 was i don't know it was like a new thing on there but I, I came across it and the trailer got me hooked and i was like this seems like fun and this was also when i think it was like we're in between seasons three and four of stranger things too mm. and like the, the obvious 80 stuff kind of made me think of that I was like oh this looks like a lot of fun and so yeah this was the very first thing i watched on shutter nice i this is a really good one. Like I I think my controversial take there's one change to the ending that I would have wanted that we'll talk about. Mm. But overall I liked this better than Elm Street. What? Yeah. That's a take. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm actually surprised by that because well one I'm glad you liked the movie. And two, watching it last night was only my second time watching it since 2020. And as I was, you know, this movie is centered around four 15 year old boys and they are just like at like the worst time of puberty. And it's just like all of this dialogue is awful. Like of all like the- I really think it stood out to you in particular because I if you hadn't said anything, I probably wouldn't have brought it up. Really? OK. I cause... felt like it, it felt very natural to me. See, I was watching it. And I was like, I've definitely have heard in like, you know, like other just being a guy, I've definitely heard some of these conversations like in passing and things like that. But I don't think me and my friends ever got like really fucking gross like they did about some stuff. But yeah, but I think you, it's also a movie. Like, it's so they hide in it the up. 80s. And we know that all of them have these emotional issues and like lack of warmth lack of emotional connection so it makes sense that like when they come together they start from because like i like how we actually see that happen where like in the big group they're more gross but then like one-on-one they have like their little moments of vulnerability oh yeah yeah they definitely do and it's funny because yeah it is like the like because there are like kind of like little clicks within the friend group even there's only four of them like woody and davy are definitely closer to each other than they are than like the other two. Mm-hmm. F- Faraday, I think Faraday. Faraday, and eats. Uh, yeah, and yeah, and eats. Faraday and Eats are a little bit closer with each other than the other two. So it is kind of cool to kind of see because those dynamics are true and that does happen. Yeah, I liked getting those glimpses. I felt like that was really important to the the friendship. Those things did feel, I guess, kind of like Stand by Me. I just. This movie, I wouldn't put it in an adventure category, so I didn't even think of like those as comps. Mm-hmm. Like inspiration and reference, sure, but like this shit is dark. It is like the last five minutes, or what you know, the the, the I final mean, the kill. whole thing. T- to the me, whole like whole thing. <laughs> I think like this movie, it didn't push. I don't know. M- maybe I'm just like going after different stuff in my horror than you, but. I felt like this movie was trying to keep a sim. It's weird to say a movie with dealing with child murder, but I feel like it was trying to keep a lighter tone in the second act with more of just like, is this guy, you know, 
guilty you know is he actually doing this and blah 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 and even though it doesn't really play both sides too much the movie's pretty much just like yeah this is our guy and we're just gonna pretty much watch davy find evidence that he actually needs it doesn't really play both sides of like is davy looking too much into this in my opinion i mean i think it does see i feel like this movie needed like another it needed a red herring because it's it's only Matthew but it had a red time. herring. It, I mean, I thought at least one red herring. Who? The girl next door. Oh, I see that never. She's registered. absolutely a red herring. Even, I mean, even when we were twenty five minutes from the end, I was like, it's her. So, like, I watched this movie totally differently than you did. <laughs> that is fascinating, though. That is because okay, I am now. Okay, now that you said that, I'm like replaying the movie in my head at like light speed with that lens. Oh, don't and- worry. I noted all of it. Like <laughs> I can take you through when I was like, and at this point I thought it was her because of this, this, and this. But like they set it up really well for it to be her. Do you want to go ahead and just go over that? Because I think yeah. that's really a fascinating take because I haven't seen this read before. Really? Okay. Because I was – Okay. I texted you in the beginning that we saw the two like male adult actors and obviously we're supposed to think like the neighbor is sus, the dad is like maybe sus, right? And they're two actors who might be playing against types where we've seen them and we're like, oh, the adult men are the danger, right? But then immediately my next note is about her coming over after midnight, like pushing her way in, going to the fridge, taking a drink, walking upstairs being like, I know your parents aren't here. Like, it was very threatening. Interesting. Okay. See, I didn't see it like that at all. Like, even the way she was, like, standing and walking, I felt like, especially for the 80s, it felt very male-coded, like, what oh, she definitely. was doing. Oh, male. Okay. I see I see what you mean. You, right. Like, her. in yeah. context, the way she was behaving was not at all the way you'd expect a teenage girl at that time to be acting. So I chalked this up to basically the male gaze. So like not like coding her to be like masculine, but be like, this is like every like 15 year old boys like fantasy. Like the girl next door just comes over and just like. Right. That's how the character is seeing it. But I didn't see the director seeing it it that way. And I wonder this because there's three directors. So it's like kind of hard to like really gauge like what is the exact intention here. Because like I guess I was going into it because it's easy for me to identify with a character like Davy just because like I was a fifteen year old boy at some point, right? And- so there are assumptions that come along with that where you're just like, yeah, of course, but like the camera is not Davy's POV, right? And I think that's part of the difference where I was like, I know what he is seeing, but like what I'm seeing is totally different, and this is like at at best odd. It's that's a good point because you know it's not giving you the Davy like objective view. It's giving you like this very like subjective third person. I mean, like, like everyone else in the movie. We're watching her walk in, right? We're watching her walk up the stairs and him be kind of like, whoa, and just like, yeah. And I instantly was like, if that was an older boy and this was a fifteen-year-old girl alone in her house, and this boy comes over, pushes his way in, goes up to her bedroom, and is like, I know you're alone. It would read very differently. Extremely. Well, not to me because I saw it this way, but like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It, it, that, it, we, I think, yeah, we were talking about that too earlier. How, like, that would be 
that would read very different and it would be very i would see that as being threatening yes and i wrote after not a coincidence it happens after she sees them peeping on her so i feel like she's trying to like show some dominance maybe or like see it a, a comp I had to this movie was Disturbia. I, it felt very. I haven't much seen like that, that actually. Oh, that would be a fun one to do. Yeah. Anyways, but th- th- there's a similar plot beat, you know, of like kind of like being like peeping Tom's, like the girl next door. Uh, it's a little bit more age appropriate because they're all the same age, but it, what, that doesn't make a difference. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the same thing, she kind of catches them and then she comes over and like addresses it. So I guess that's like kind of like a similar beat here too, but see with so her character's name is Nikki. I don't think we've said her name yet. Oh, Nikki. Okay. I mean, I have other examples. That's Nikki, just my first to me. One. Okay. Okay. So, okay. I just have, we have so many thoughts flying. This is, <laughs> but okay. Yeah, let, I mean, let, I really let's, thought let's they continue. laid it out all the way. Okay. So, the next note, I mean, she's like, when she's in the house, the neighbor's house, and the electricity is off, that was extremely sus. Like, I know she said, like, what I have their key or whatever. What's going on? And, like, I don't know. That was a this weird was note weird. where it just felt like, why are they showing us that she is also creeping around in this dark house where people are missing from, potentially? And then it was like, where else is she creeping around? Oh, good point. Duh. I mean, look, people overlook a pretty girl, and I'm on to horror. I'm on to horror now. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. After that, when we see everybody going to the party, I noted before we see her, I was like, we haven't seen her in days. We haven't seen her going to the party. We haven't seen her at the party. It's very notable, actually, because every single person in the neighborhood is going and we get eyes on like everybody else except for her. So it's like very notable that she's not going. Mm-hmm. Right. And like he doesn't think about that because he's distracted, which also seems weird, but whatever. And anyway, so I knew she was going to show up like in the house or something because she wasn't at she, she wasn't at the thing, which again, why not? Why doesn't anyone care what's going on with her? You know what I mean? Like, she's like outside of the community in a way that is very sus. And then when they're sitting on the steps outside the police station and talking, I literally wrote down like, it's her. Oh, my God. It's actually her. It's not him. She has been using that creepy part of his basement because she breaks into people's houses. And she's been like taking the boys there. I got to say, this is a wildly better movie. I, I wish I wish I watched this movie because this movie needed a twist. I thought like I was that. watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> like literally up until the police station, I was like, it's her. That's amazing. I mean, I mean, I, I could see. OK. Uh, wow. OK. You're kind of blowing my mind a little bit right here because <laughs> the pieces are there. So I took it. Very differently, besides like what we talked about from your Mm -hmm. first point with her coming in, kind of just like this, you know, 15 year old male fantasy. The other stuff that you mentioned, like her just going in in that creepy house, taking care of the cats, kind of like being outside of the community. So I'll I'll, I'll do that first point. Okay. The her going to that house to cat sit. 
in like being the creepy house and her like not being like worried about or whatever. I kind of took that as like, you know, this whole movie is kind of playing off of that, like suburban, like kind of like safety net people think mm-hmm. they have, you know, but like mm-hmm. not being in like a quote, like, the like false urban. comfort. Exactly. So I kind of took this like, oh yeah, you know, and they even like have a line somewhere there right before they go in the house. Like, you know, people leave their doors unlocked here. Like this isn't like a weird I thing. Know. And who would you least suspect is the girl fucking next door? I mean, so yeah, I mean, I wasn't suspecting that. So, but I was just kind of like following you? those. I'm sorry, it seems so obvious to me. <laughs> well, it's because I also had a different read on Nikki besides yeah. what I'm saying here, which I'll get to. I think okay. I'm going to save it for. I don't know if it's messaging. I don't know if now is a good point. Okay. But anyways, so that's why I took is that was my explanation. If like, oh, okay, she just has like this false sense of security. The the whole neighborhood actually has it. So of course, it makes sense for Mackie to pick a neighborhood like this. The other point you had about the her breaking in doors and everything and like her having like this secret lair within someone else's house that's a genius i wish i watched that movie they noted all the different times he's out of his house and away that's a lot of time it is also going on jogs at 11 p.m my god that's what i'm saying it's weird but it's not murderer weird necessarily it is Somebody else is watching you weird and taking advantage of that. I like I really I really was convinced that I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be like a really wild twist. This is going to be like a like, whoa, Davy is going to like explode twist (laughs) when she just like stabs him. Like I kept waiting for that also because it seemed like. She started getting close to him after he started investigating. She wanted to get close and know what's up and be like, you can talk to me. You can like, we can be friends and even kissing him. Where did that come from? Out of fucking nowhere. All the friends even said like, this is fucking weird. She's trying to get close to the investigation. Interesting. I see. I wonder if this is just a thing of like, like men and women watching the movie differently or like, you're just, you're just, you're just, you're just a better like screen doctor or a, I, look, a script horror, doctor. Horror has made me question everything. Like I went to Reddit afterwards and people were like, this was offensively predictable. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about because has made me start to doubt everyone to a point that when they're like the cop, the adult white man who's single with no kids is obviously the bad guy. I was like, obviously he's not. <laughs> and then they kept laying this girl next door shit. And I was like, oh my God, that'd be a fucking crazy twist if the cop is actually fully innocent and being like set up basically. That's fucking great. So that's where I thought it was going. I mean, I, I would have liked to, as I said, I would have liked to watch that movie. And, uh, I think just to the other point you had about her not going to the like the festival, that festival thing. thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also just took that as because you know you, you had another point about her kind of like almost being outside of the neighborhood of the group. I took that as the the news of her parents bi- uh, divorcing and like other people kind of like separating themselves from or like wanting to distance themselves mm. from that family because of that. So that's how I took that. That's or possible. I-, I just feel like we rarely see the other characters totally by themselves. And she's like always by herself. So, so I guess I'll go ahead and bring it up now. So like my first, the first time I watched this and honestly, even last night, cause I kind of forgot some scenes that were coming was 
if you remove all of the scenes where she actually interacts with his other friends, you could almost be like, is she just like a figment of his imagination? Like, like it almost, cause oh. it, cause it feels yeah. so, cause everything she does, it just, it feels like truly like a fantasy and like him, it almost feels like it's like him talking through his own like internal stuff. And like, that's interesting. Like her parents getting divorced and like his parents seem odd, like awfully quiet and they're never home. They don't like each other. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, and he's, you know, bouncing ideas about this investigation because his friends think, thinks that he's just wacko. So it's like, is this, there's him processing all of this and, you know, pretty girl next, next door. That's a little bit older is the complete opposite of like the type of peers that he's around. Mm. So like, is this him processing all, like seriously? Because I was because I was. That's like, interesting. No way that a eighteen year old girl would just do this. I guess I don't well, know. Well, no, I totally buy that she would, especially because of all the things she was talking about. Like she's looking at old pictures. It feels like everything is changing. She wants to go back to like comfortable and familiar. She's known this kid forever. She's been in his house. Like. I'm not saying it's like developmentally appropriate. I'm just saying like I would understand why she is like drawn to him. It's not even really him. It's the memories and the, yeah. The, it was a previous time when her parents were still together and everything. Life was simpler, right? Like she's using him in like a very nice way. Now that we know she's not a murderer, <laughs> so in just building on that, uh, with my th- original theory that's just not true. Uh, again, it was him wanting like a simpler time too and everything wanting to go back to because like me because i almost wonder if like maybe like the child murder stuff subconsciously is getting too heavy for him so he wants to go back to like hunting ufos and sasquatch and things like that yes of course i feel like i don't understand so many like reviews on reddit of this movie where i'm like does no one understand that this child is anxious about being murdered And that's part of this obsession is that, like, combine, like, the fear that it might come closer to already the shit you're into and like, and it becomes an obsession. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's kind of almost Hitchcockian in a way because, like... Again, I feel like this movie is drawing from Rear Window, which is... Absolutely. Which Disturbia is, like, a weird remake of it. Okay. So... And, you know, Hitchcock loved to play around with that, too. Like, like, obs- like you know, passions becoming obsessions and things like that. And, like, how does that change a person's psyche and everything? Oh, I feel like that's so much. A- like, this movie was trying to touch on some of that through <laughs> I love, Davey. I love that you went to Reddit for some of the reviews. And I find it funny. Uh, I'm curious, like, which, like, subreddits you went to. Because on the Shutter subreddit, whenever people are on there asking for like like hey just got a shutter streaming service like what what are like your recommendations for for me to check out and you instantly see like at least 10 people recommend summer of 84 whereas like everybody's like first watch on there well i wasn't looking for just summer of 84 i looked for summer of 84 ending and so i got all the original hot takes all the threads of people who are like somebody literally said this is offensively predictable and i just want to be like you clearly haven't seen enough horror movies to know how many ways this could have gone. Yeah, I mean, I I still feel like I, that was something I was wanting was a little bit more red herrings. But like, again, a lot of stuff that you pointed out, it's like, I wish I had those reads when I was watching yeah. it the first time. 
because it felt so strong to me that I was like, it has got to be her. And then I was like, no, it's him because now I feel like it's too strongly pointing at her. But obviously it wasn't too strongly pointing at her. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was very, I again, right up until the last 20, mm-hmm. I was like, it's fucking her. Yeah, and- because like as the second act is ending and the third is about to kick off, she does randomly pop up and go goes down to the basement with them. It's so weird. I and I was like, could have she's turned. trying to like trap you in the fucking room. That's, that's what I really thought. I thought that's where it was going. She was gonna like lock them in the room. Oh man, what a that that would have been such a great twist too. I really thought that's where it was going, and everybody was at the thing, so she could just like murder them all day. All day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just no. saying she had plenty of time. She had opportunity. And then you can just leave it there because everybody is already suspicious of the cop. Interesting. I I love I, again, I wish I watched that movie, but that's that's fascinating. So so did I, this I get so it. did did this part where you're explaining kind of like your uh, you you thinking this twist was coming, did this like heighten your experience? Like this is this what made you like it so much more than Nightmare on Elm Street, or was there like other stuff? No, there's a lot of other stuff. I really felt like there is an emotional core to this movie that I felt very much that I didn't feel in Elm Street. And that's just a personal thing. Like, give me all the feelings. I love the feelings. Like, I felt like all of our main boys got an emotional note, even though it didn't go deep enough for my liking to Mm -hmm. make them like real little people, you know, (laughs) not just like a sketch. Again, I we can't really compare it to Stranger Things because we get like 10 hours with those characters and we get like much less with the but I I like that they all got notes of like vulnerability and like growing up and like they all are longing for childhood through the treehouse uh, like yeah. I mean, it really is it's a what's the horror version of coming of age? See, that's I, I see. I, I would. I think I would still call it coming of age. Like, like it does. I feel like there are movies that kind of like wrap themselves in that too. I feel like this is one of them. I feel like this was the journey. This was the summer between like childhood innocence and the world of adults. I feel like we're getting close to being able to talk about subgenre subgenre categorization. If you do want to pivot into that a little bit, but I did sure. want to, I did want to quick uh, spike the podcast a little bit with just one more little like it's not like a fun fact really. It's just kind of more about like the the reception of this movie because again, this didn't have like a big theatrical release or anything, and this I did see this did get some scathing reviews from Variety and Collider. Hmm. However, this did make several best of horror movies of 2018 lists, including we BuzzFeed. We love a divisive horror movie. Over oh, here. yes. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> so for best of horror movies of 2018 list, this made the list for BuzzFeed, Esquire, The Ringer, and Rotten Tomatoes even. Wow. So, I mean, those are lists I would definitely... I, I'm actually kind of... Sur- I guess I'm not too surprised by The Ringer, but I feel like still th- this made several best of horror list i really liked it i yeah i really liked it i've liked it more than some other things we watched and i'm surprised too
But uh, yeah, I guess let's go ahead and get into the sub subgenre categorization. Did you want to kick us off with? I know we're kind of starting to talk about like coming of age there for a little bit. Yeah, that was the number one thing that stood out to me was so clearly being at this like they're very juvenile and silly still in childish ways. They love this treehouse. They're looking at porn magazines, but they're still kind of being silly about it and being gross. You know, they're not really being that serious about it. And they just they fight like boys. And I mean, the ending was just like the 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 ending that each of the boys had was like gutting to me emotionally Mm -hmm. and so i feel like it really tried to do that like being exposed to the realities of the world in like the harshest ways and being forced to grow up in these really hard ways yeah yeah absolutely growing up like these hard ways i think is like a really good way to describe it because like they're each i don't know about fair day we don't get he's the one that we i think we get the least backstory on Mm -hmm. but he seems to be the one that comes from like the most like nuclear kind of family situation as opposed to the other ones because you know like with eats there's there seems to be some sort of like i don't know if it's like domestic violence or what family is just broken yeah like it's very sad it is and i almost wonder if the filmmakers are trying to say anything with the the reagan bush sign outside of their their house at the end of the movie that we see i thought absolutely like Yes, like the these are the people who helped bring about the culture that like we are now trying to <laughs> fight back. Yeah. <laughs> and then with Woody, who was just a great character. I really liked Woody in this. He's very sweet. His I wasn't fully sure about what was going on with his mom. I mean, his is an overworked nurse and I can't I couldn't tell if she alcoholic, was alcoholic for sure. Alcoholic like maybe like depressed mm-hmm. maybe some mental mental illness thrown in there too because i was kind of confused about uh why woody needed to get out of the house sometimes and because i thought it like that was like another like domestic uh violence thing that he was just like getting away from but then i realized i guess this is, he just doesn't want to see his mom like that well no i think he's basically he's the mom that's the yeah. problem that's what he wants to get away from like he's the caretaker Mm-hmm. and like that's a lot especially for a kid yeah it, it just you know uh making connections through horror with that type of uh character type the kind of like the the caregiver like kind of wanting to get away it kind of reminded me of some of the characters from haunting of hill house uh the, mm, the book yeah oh my god what eleanor was eleanor mm-hmm. uh because i believe it's been a little bit since i've read that book but i believe it she was taking care of her mom i think like her and her sister i think were taking care of her mom in that book yeah and then after her mom passes she decides to go live her life yeah and she's like kind of struggling with that too mentally and everything we we, excellent book people should read it it's much different from the show but yeah yeah i i do like kind of like that character type in like these horror movies because like it's it, it's kind of cool, not cool, but like it's you could follow their reasoning for wanting to push some of their boundaries and get out and like do things. But also there's kind of like this guilt. I feel like that's like enveloped in that of like, you know, like, should I actually be like going back? Should I really be hanging out with my friends right now? Should I be like helping out of the home and everything? I don't know. It, 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 yeah. it, it's, it's a layered, complex kind of psyche to be in. 
I agree. And because of that, dude had a target on his back, and that was the only thing that I found too predictable. And actually, up until the last 10, I thought they might actually twist that on us in the way that I wanted. They didn't, and that my big disappointment is about who died in the end. Okay. Like, I, I think changing who died would have made it a significantly stronger movie in the end, but... Yeah, I saw like four movies while watching this movie, obviously. <laughs> so would who who were you hoping for Davy? I don't I'll say hoping, but were you expecting Davy to be the one to I die at the end? I absolutely I expected Davy to die. I felt like that would be the most gutting. And then I I even wrote this down that like if Davy is killed and Woody is saddled with yet another horror to to bear and Mm. now he's down a best friend the horror of that is so much more yeah absolutely because especially because he'd have the guilt of like i helped him along the way yeah dang man the the awful dramatic drama movie after this is just like the aftermath and like woody's house like how his mom handles this and everything yeah i don't i felt like ironically i felt like this ending was sadder in a way, than if Davy had died. Yeah, I mean, because Woody felt he, Woody feels like such like an innocent character, and he's he's I think he's extremely likable, and he is vulnerable too, and everything. So, yeah, yeah, I was, and that's why you keep him alive and you torture him forever. That's horror. <laughs> but I think there's also kind of like something there with you know there's you know here's this big teddy bear that everybody loves and davy you're the one that got him killed so but we're even though like we are always happens yeah true true the teddy bear always dies i'm tired of it like i wanted to see i i wanted to see the teddy bear end up all of a sudden having to be like the reluctant main character after all of this Mm. And that would like, yeah, not that every movie needs a sequel, but that would kind of set up a pretty interesting sequel with like the the bait and switch of the protagonist between movies. Yes. I, yeah. I mean, I guess here's a a message that I'm kind of surprised to be saying, but like horror movies kill your heroes. Somebody out there, take a chance. Stop being precious with them. They're not real. Looking at you, the menu. But also now summer of 84, like kill your heroes. <laughs> Two movies I never expected to get compared to with, with one, one another. <laughs> so, you know, we kind of talked about coming of age film and in that same light. I said like teen movie, which, yeah. you know, this, this plays into it. Is this yeah, having Manhunt be like one of the devices for them to get around so the good. neighborhood is like really clever. Yeah. Yeah, it's very clever. And then it also like comes back at the end with like a different type of manhunt. It, it's good. Yeah, it was The writing really is actually pretty good. So I, I, I wrote this question down on here for us. Could this be considered, because there is like this thriller mystery, you know, part of the movie where, you know, a majority of the movie is us trying to, or is us watching our characters trying to find evidence and collect evidence against mm-hmm. Mackie. And there's a string of murders. Granted, they don't really happen on screen. We kind of like find out about them through like newspaper clippings and news channels and things like right, that. Right, they don't even happen in this town. Right. Yeah. Could 
could this could you call this movie a whodunit? Yeah. I I think that and like there's definitely a thriller in that like I started getting really stressed out and tense as I was watching this. Like the yeah. music, the music is never like light. The music is always kind of like tensing you up and like what's coming or what's going to happen or oh no. Like it's it's like synthy horror. Synthy dread is the music. <laughs> Well, I think that's definitely playing into like the '80s, like synthy kind of music too, with it. But yeah, it's it's never like the light, poppy, like happy, sunny day. There's not one of those in this movie, even mm-hmm. when we start. It, I don't know. I mean, it, it's not poppy for sure, but I definitely kind of felt like, at least like when they're playing Manhunt at the beginning, like you could like the like the genre. It almost seems like absence kind of like this this could have been in any sort of type of summer movie whether it's horror or just fun or action adventure i mean i saw i would feel that until like something happens because Mm -hmm. you've got these shitty kids who they're doing it with (laughs) so already it's not fun it's not light you've already got these like this like not great situation to deal with which i feel like is kind of a horror thing yeah. You know, it's like if we open on Halloween and someone's like, hey, freak. Like, it felt like one of those, like, okay, it's yeah. horror. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. But yeah, thriller. I felt like it was kind of a mystery, even though we weren't given the pieces to solve it. Like, we right. couldn't have theoretically solved it ourselves because we weren't seeing the evidence. Like, we had a very small lens well that is kind of like the fun thing and twist about this movie is that we were shown evidence we just didn't know it was evidence until the end like with the i disagree well like the 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 photo his family photos and like we see at the very beginning he's like oh your family because yeah yeah they don't live nearby though oh my god that's also why i thought it was her because she was in the other houses that's how she gets the pictures oh my gosh (laughs) It all adds up. How did he get all the pictures? That doesn't, That where's the math? Well, they do establish that he is very sneaky and breaking into homes because that's she how he She is already dating. walking around other, she walks into his house. She's walking around the neighbor's house. How many more times do we need to see it to know she's walking around these houses? Is that the real, like, fucked up fear thing from those movies that it literally could have been either one of them. Like it's the same movie. Not really much has to change. It could have been either one of them. I feel like that's the movie I watched is that it could have been either one of them up until the end. Like that's the scary thing about like this, like false suburban safety nets. It literally could have been any of these neighbors and like the movie doesn't really change much. Yeah, I mean, my fear as I got further in is I was like, Davey, you're focusing on this guy so much that you're not watching, like, who's watching you? And that's where I thought it was going to go, where, like, because here's the thing. If I got into something with, like, the neighborhood kids and they put a walkie-talkie by my bedroom, like, I would do weird shit back. I'd, like, put it in the window. That doesn't say I'm going to murder you to me. That says, like, I know what you did, you little shit, and, like, I'm paying attention. Yeah. The way he like didn't seem to want him to get in trouble actually felt like, yeah, that's something that like your neighbor would do who isn't trying to murder you. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I really thought it was her because 
she was in the other family's house. So of course she could take the picture and then she was in his house and she just walks in and she could take the pic. Like we didn't see the cop in anybody else's house. This is great. This is, this is great podcasting right here. I love it. There's, there's, this is, I, I, I love the, the, the whole theory and everything you have with this. Like you're, you're connecting a lot of dots and it's, I'm I think just it's, so surprised. <laughs> It's it's because like I I see it too now that you've said all this and it's like yeah like there's there's literally there's two answers on the other side of this equation right like I'm not saying they didn't set it up to be him I'm saying they did and I thought he was the red herring the whole time and he's just kind of like kind of antagonizing these kids you know yeah but like that's not crazy in horror that happens too like we know those characters so like. Yeah, I was thinking, what if they did flip it, I guess? And, like, the guy who seems dangerous is just kind of the annoying neighbor who's being taken advantage of by, like, the girl next door who's stressing out about her life. I mean... She said it feels like it's all coming to an end. I was like, girl, you're going to murder him. (laughs) I'm sorry. I sound unhinged, but, like... This movie has broken you almost. Like, you're not broken, but you are, like... (laughs) What? I see the signs. I see, I I see have through the matrix. Yes. I am that like meme, the galaxy brain. That's me right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you're I'm sorry. Like, I just, it seemed so clear. <laughs> you're like Oppenheimer right now, just seeing the molecules bounce off each other. Like, it's so simple. It's right there in front <laughs> of us. I'm literally Claire Danes in Homeland with like all the things and the red string and the ugly cry. Like, I'm not going to miss another one. Yeah. <laughs> this is what watching a lot of horror and reading a lot of horror has now done to me. I trust no character. Nor should you though. <laughs> this is so good. I I love this. I th- this is this is great. I'm now going to tell oh, man, we 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 need to write that script now of like the the bait and switch of of everything. That's that's so good. Oh my god, right? And then like the cop is at the festival and he's like being celebrated and you know everyone's like he's not a murderer and then two boys are being murdered at his fucking house and everybody comes home and there's just like they're just like on his front porch trying to crawl out she like staged them or something (laughs) and she's like oh my god i was here just looking after everybody's houses i was just feeding the cats yeah Look at his wall of stolen pictures. How could he have done that? Imagine the sequel then. Yeah, I feel that would be good. I would. I mean, I would definitely watch all of this. <laughs> I, I, I think we. I, I think we've. I think we've talked about the subgenre. So, so the sub. This I, I'm learning the subgenre that like you're you're wanting this to be was like the the, the fake outs. Uh, the fake out movie. But I didn't think it was a fake out because she seemed guilty from the beginning. See, it, again, I, I, I feel like we need to do a poll of people that have seen this. And like, you know, yeah. if, if like what it's uh, we need like to it like wouldn't a have been deep... a fake out because they laid the the piece. I thought it was just going to be like surprising, but not like a fake out because everyone in the movie would be surprised by like the turn it takes, but they'd be like, I guess that's what happened. You know, they would just go along with it and she would literally get away with murder. Yeah, that's, I guess that's what I thought would happen. Amazing. Well, (laughs) I feel like, 
I feel like I can't say I can't add anything to it besides that, like you know, it's blowing my mind and everything. And again, yeah, I have I, to watch it again. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> but watch it and watch her. Just watch like, when she pops up. Watch the things she says. I feel like if we were to do a commentary track of this movie, it would be you the whole time going, "Yeah, but what the fuck is Nikki up to right now?" And. <laughs> The number of times me sitting alone in my living room went, it's her. It's definitely her. <laughs> to, to Onyx. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, my God, it's her. Like, I just, and then I would, like, pause it and write down my note and then, like, go back. Oh, my goodness. Well, we. This is why I'm, I want to do more commentaries because my reactions, I think I have great ones. I think it would be very fun. <laughs> I have great reactions to movies and people and people want to see it. I'm I'm just saying like clearly we didn't <laughs> Now I'm imagining if we had watched this as commentary and you're like, "Oh my god, this is so obvious that the cop is guilty." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> see, I I like I want to do like a like an experiment and do like a survey have people like fill it out that have seen this movie and i do like a deep meta analysis about like what led certain people to have your movie and what led certain people to have my movie and again i wonder if i wonder if like the the thing of like this being a film group making this if like because i don't know if there like was I, I didn't do enough research to be frank, but like, I don't know if there was was one like universal voice in this, or if this is like somehow like a mixture of voices in it. And it's kind of just like, well, let them fucking figure it out. That's <laughs> a good point. And now that I think about it, I this has to be intentional because you don't give characters these kind of lines or this many scenes to just like not have it mean anything. But what if it had ended? before that nighttime scene like that was just it and like theoretically it was him but we like never actually saw him like arrested for it or saw the evidence right are you talking about like ending with them just like finding like the captured boy in the basement like just ending it there yeah oh that's spooky and then we could guess forever because you wouldn't actually know also, this was related to a horror book I read, which I think is why I'm thinking this, where like the the serial killer was actually using like an, a, a neighbor's house that was empty for the summer at the basement or something. Mm-hmm. So it's not a crazy idea, especially when they emphasize no locked doors, people are away. Multiple times I was like, someone's going to see them. And then I was like, no one's going to see them. All right, Orly. Now, now that you're done beating up your microphone, I just, I, I don't know. This movie clearly brought out a lot of thoughts and feelings. Yeah, no, it's totally <laughs> fine. I had a, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you later about uh, a movie experience I had recently. But uh, I feel like that it is time to get into the fear analysis of this movie. Are you ready to talk about the types of fears that this movie is playing off of? Yeah. So discussing the types of fears that this movie, Summer of 84, is playing off of, according to Dr. Carl Albrecht, there are five types of fears that humans share psychologically. Those are the fear of death or extinction, mutilation, body invasion, loss of autonomy, separation, abandonment, or rejection. Finally, humiliation, shame, worthlessness, i.e. 
the death of ego. Orly, would you like to start off with the types of fear that you're getting from this movie? Oh my god, all of them. This movie really? is... There were moments I was scared, but mostly moments I was stressed out. Yeah, but I there get was that. a lot of different types of fear. I'd say, I mean, fear of abandonment is a big one emotionally and just like friend wise and going to college and being literally separated from each other. Mm, that's a good one. And see, it's funny that you said that you felt like you're getting like a, a lot of stuff. I'm assuming from the list I just went off of. Mm-hmm. Because I, I mean, yes, that is there, and like loss of autonomy, like bodily autonomy. I guess there's like the the nature of kidnapping and everything, and like yes, sure, like there's and the being grounded. <laughs> yes, uh, even though that is kind of non-existent. That that's the interesting thing that this movie does, like in like the the subgenre of like my neighbor is a murderer this movie never does a thing where like our character like davy is stuck in his house he he just leaves whenever he wants even when he's grounded which is great well yeah but it's the it's the the opposite is true as well it's not safe right and that's something i definitely want to get into in a little bit but yeah sure like those things are there death is there but like I wasn't feeling those super strongly. I definitely think that there's a conversation to have about them, like from some points that you just brought up. Yeah. I mean, I think they're there, but even Davey at first is like, what more exciting thing could happen? So he's not really thinking about like the reality of death. He's thinking about just like, this is so different. Yes. And just, un- oh yeah. Cause that's something he says about like, you know, nothing happens in this town and kind of like that excitement right. of something that's so different in other and not mundane but for fear i was it's it's awfully specific but it's something that i think you have talked about on here before with the um favorite horror trope uh or maybe it was our host episode like way 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 back when the show started when we talked about host and i remember you brought up this whole thing of you know we don't know like what's going on behind closed doors? Like what? Like what's going on? Yeah. Like inside people's heads and inside people's homes. Uh, and this movie is very much talking about that. I mean, you know, you know, I, I have like a list of things that is going on behind closed doors that people don't know about, including murders, divorces, domestic abuse and disturbances, mel- mental illness, alcoholism. And this is just what we see that the kids see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this is like just what we're let in on. And I found like the conversation uh, earlier on in the movie between Davey and his two parents about Nikki's parents separating and how his dad was like, oh, I would have like never guessed that, you know, they seem mm-hmm. so happy and everything. And his mom like instantly just wants to end the conversation. She's like, nope, we're not going to gossip about this. Like, and she's like, that's such a shame. We're not going to gossip about it, blah, blah, blah. So like, it's like kind of interesting to just kind of like see all the, these different things that are going on. And like, that's a big theme of the movie. And even like with Nikki, besides her parents separating, she's like internally going through all this different stuff that you just brought up. Like her friend group is changing. She's going to be moving. We could get some ideas that she could kind of wish that she could go back to a simpler time. So like, there's Mm -hmm. all like these internal things while externally they seem fine. You know, she's at, I guess it was the bowling alley. She's a DJ and she, you know, she looks like she's, she's going to Stanford. 
Yeah. So <laughs> there's all of like these, that's a major theme in this movie, but like, you know, we, we really don't know what's going on behind closed doors or inside people's heads. And I felt like that was like a, a cool thing. Cause it's like, you can, that's like something to like kind of fear about like, you know, which bear are you going to poke mm-hmm. kind of thing? Like, are you going to poke the, your neighbor that is actually a murderer and he will, you know, yeah, <laughs> you don't revenge know. on you or are you just going to like, you know, mild, mildly just kind of annoy someone that's going through a rough day. Yeah. That's a good point. That like fear of like social shame or like impropriety is so present among the adults. And I love how much Davy doesn't care about it. Like I made a note where I was just like, I, I love Davy so much. He is, in line with so many of the girl and women characters I tend to love because I feel like the behaviors are like very similar. Like he's such a Nancy and I love that. (laughs) (laughs) But you mean like Nancy Thompson? I mean all the Nancys. All All the the Nancys. Nancys. Okay. Sorry, that was confusing us coming off of Nightmare on Elm Street. Elm Street, all the Nancys. Because I even wrote down like after he does the apology and he walks back and he's like, this changes nothing. And I was like, yes. And then when he's like, I'm not wrong. I just, I, I love characters who are just like, I don't care what you all think. I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to find it out. Like that was just great. But there was definitely like the shame and embarrassment from all of his friends. Like the fear of, of that was on everybody except him. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I do like the, the 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 shame and embarrassment thing was like on everyone else, and he was literally just like, you know, I don't care, I'm going to do this. And and I also kind of like loved how, besides, uh, like watching him, you know, have those characteristics of like not caring. He, I love like just even like the little like set design that we get in his room. It's it is very mm-hmm. much him of like the. like the newspaper clippings of ufos and stuff like on his wall and all of that how he's so into this kind of stuff and i find it interesting because like you know there's definitely like this period of time when you're younger where like that's kind of like acceptable but like i know like you know once you get like 16 17 maybe like 18 like it might be like a little weird to like show that much of your personality even if your own space yeah isn't that so weird yeah yeah so i i love that like and we don't really see other people, or the the other guy's room. So it was kind of cool to kind of just see like that much like expression of himself in, in like settings like that. Yeah. I would have watched this as a season of TV. I actually think with more room to breathe, this could have been even better. Mm-hmm. No, totally. But yeah, I don't know if I have any specific. I mean, I had the fear of like, Oh no, what if I had 80s parents? They don't give a fuck. (laughs) Like there was a lot of neglect, like a lot of neglect. I don't know if that plays into any of the themes, but like it seemed like very obvious in different settings that like that's what was happening here. Definitely. And it's kind of like the whole thing of who's raising the kids kind of question from parents you know like you know if we're neglecting them or you know parents are neglecting them or whatever like how like what kind of how are they going to like learn about the world or like 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 what's their perception going to be like how they need to like approach things and everything another reason i thought she was the killer (laughs) i just remembered when they when they're in the house and 
they see this huge mess and it looked like takeout boxes and stuff. And she's like, oh, the cat knocked all this over. And I wanted to be like, no, you're like camping out in this house while these people are gone because you probably murdered them and the bodies are upstairs. (laughs) Like, that's also why I thought she was kind of like, hey, I'm here blocking the stairway and and we're going to go downstairs now. Do you know what I mean? Like, there were just Mm -hmm. things where I was like, there's too many signs. Yeah. I think there's also kind of like the, (laughs) and again, I'm going with my view of it too and everything. Cause, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it it could also just be like that. Just playing off like the fear analysis. Like we always just talk about like what's going on behind people's doors. It it could also be read that like, you know, she's escaping her own home and just kind of like living here. That's true. The cats. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Davey thinks he knows kind of like what's up in the neighborhood, but he really has no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I think that's all I've got. Yeah, I, I think that's all I got too. If you want to get to like moments or scenes in this movie that we found to be the scariest, uh, I think that there there are a couple of contenders I have on my list. Okay, uh, you want to go? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just going in chrono- chronological order of how they appear in the movie, but I got to say, how this movie opens with Davy helping Mackie carry this heavy thing down into the basement. Oh my God. I was so tense. There's so much setup here. It's great. And it's not quite, I mean, it is in your face, but it's not quite like how we said earlier, like, you know, title card, it's Halloween. Some kid calls you a freak. Right. (laughs) Also, I have to say in defense of that scene, when I bought my house, there are rooms in the basement with padlocks on them. And I don't know why it makes me incredibly nervous, but the realtor was like, it's for canning. It's for canning organs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But no, this whole sequence of him going through the house and also it's, it's like the way the characters are positioned too, because Davey's going down first with this heavy thing and grown man behind him, pushing him deeper and deeper into the bowels of his home. He works it around so that like Davy's walking backwards, and I was like, "No, he's gonna like push you in a room and lock you in there." <laughs> yeah, and he's using he does this I think two or three times throughout the movie where like he kind of baits him with you know like the the newspaper money the the dues for it, and that's kind of like how he sort of gets him to go in there, but he also ha- helps him carry something. But then down. he doesn't do anything when he gives him the money, so I was like, "Oh, okay, so he's just like kind of annoying and weird." <laughs> There are those yeah. people. Yeah, no, definitely. But it's also kind of like playing off of it, with with true crime, you know, just being such like a, a a big thing and people being so into it. It's kind of like definitely playing to like maybe it's some of those things that like certain patterns that people have like seen, like like John Wayne Gacy and everything, how like he would like lure his victims to his house with I payments. I know, that's why I was like, it can't be this because we all know that. Mm-hmm. They're faking us out with these things. Uh, but yeah, so that, that was the first uh, scene I had on my list. Uh, I think maybe we go like back and forth a little bit. So uh, what, what what scenes did you have? Okay. When Mackie shows up at Davy's house and his parents are, once again, who knows where. And it, he's like, gonna go get the phone. And he's like, stay right here. But then as he's walking, Mackie like walks a couple steps into the house and he like goes around the corner and he's like, ah, ah, ah. like, I really liked that. It's so good. It, it's, it's very good. And, and it's, you really can't tell, like, is he being threatening or is he just like an adult man who's like kind of being pushy? 
exactly and it's it's hard to tell and i i love how like they framed the camera and everything for this too because like you kind of see both of them down the hall yeah it, it is like one of like the yeah it is kind of like one of like the oh shit moments of the movie and like it's they, they put a w- wicked cherry on top of this as soon as he leaves he redials the number and oh, i know i was like star 69 star 69 yes yes it, Mackie called himself and is that's like when you go I think that's like that's so r- scary I think that's really like the first confirmation you get in the movie of like fuck this dude is actually not up to any good I agree that was scary that said he stayed to like the entryway do you know who didn't stay to the entryway and respect home boundaries I know exactly who you're going to say <laughs> it is it is a an interesting comparison to like those two scenes there because she because right? Mackie even like asked for permission he still breaks yeah. it but he asked for permission you know and everything and only Nikki, takes a couple steps in Nikki walks right into the kitchen she goes right for the fridge and opens up a bottle yeah. and then right up the stairs why isn't that a boundary crosser why isn't that uncomfortable yeah this is what horror has done to me. <laughs> but yeah, I had the, the the Mackie coming over or Mackie coming over to talk to Davey. Uh, I think that's like up there mm-hmm. on my list. The other one I had on my list was just the whole sequence of Davey, Nikki and Woody breaking into Mackie's house. And like, oh, yeah, this was so tense. It, it's, it's a really good moment of tension because like not only are they down there exploring the the evil layer and everything? We also have like this added layer that their surveillance with a Faraday and Eats have gone home, and they so, turned like, it off. They turned yeah. it off. Yeah, so it's really like that you? that uh that like separation anxiety right there that they don't even know that they don't have backup. Oh, I know. That's so scary. And they have the video camera, which always adds an interesting element because then you have that light like bouncing around. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, that was really unsettling. And throughout that whole scene, I was like, it's her. It's him. One of you is going to get locked somewhere. Because earlier on, when Davey picked the lock in his bedroom, I instantly said, like, he's going to end up locked in that basement and have to pick the lock out, which is not what happened. And I feel like a missed opportunity. But okay. <laughs> Right, it's so much scarier to end up locked in than be like breaking into a room that you don't know. Yeah, I too was wondering how they're going to pay off the the lock pick thing, but I I kind of like that it was like something put into his tool belt to further his investigation mm-hmm. instead of getting out of trouble. So that's true. I see it both ways. I'm just classic, always coming to the defense of the movie. So that's just me. Over that's here. fine. <laughs> so the other scary one I will say like it went from extremely scary to lifetime movie in a way I did not like but the scene where they're going to sleep in the house near the end and it's kind of just like panning around and you're like oh shit oh shit oh shit and you're just like looking like is someone gonna come out from behind a door like is a window gonna open and then you see those stairs come down and you're just like Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! <laughs> it's a true like. It's like one of like the best jaw dropping moments I've had in maybe like the last three. That was years. so 
scary and everybody's asleep and everything is quiet and you're like and you know something's fucked up because the camera because he said because the camera just keeps like you know pushing and you're like what are it's a long time until like we actually see like something off happen and it's so fucking good it's really good and i almost wish we had only seen feet and that oh. we hadn't seen, because again, playing into my who is it, if we had only seen feet, but yeah, that was really scary until they went like full ex-husband is stalking me in a Lifetime movie where they like had his face in like the moonlight looking over them. And I was like, okay. I don't know. I That's not liked- as scary. I kind of liked the the confirmation of that. I mean, I agree if there was more <laughs> if the movie I watched if there was more, you know, red herrings and everything like still like teasing the audience, mm-hmm. but there's something so menacing cuz it's almost like cuz again, you know, the audience we're watching is we're like we don't have I mean, we have confirmation cuz like what they found in there, but like we haven't seen Mackie appear in the movie as the villain like all the way around that's true so it's like kind of cool because it's kind of like baptism by attic and it's like it's like <laughs> it's like mackie the villain has arrived and it, it's yeah. a pretty cool like reintroduction into the movie because he's no or no he's still in his cop uniform i think actually he's still in the cop uniform which is another reason why you're like are they going to twist this on us? And he's actually just like a good cop and he's also investigating. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. Until that moment, until that moment. And then you're like, okay. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I love it. Um, I I understand your reasoning because you watched a different movie than I did, but uh, (laughs) over, over here it, the 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 Brucker cinema. I was uh, I was like, this is fucking awesome. Like he's he's arrived, okay. and he 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 was it was it was scary. It was menacing. Oh, he was too. scary. It just the way the scene was framed. Like the, I think it's also that scene where they're like panning, and it's like all blue in the night, and it's quiet. Was so good that whatever followed it was probably not going to be like as good. Hmm. Yeah. I I gotta say this moment. It's probably my favorite part of the movie. It's like right up there with this and the scene that we talked about, I think just a little bit ago with mm-hmm. with him coming over to his house when his parents weren't there. Yeah. It's like those two are my favorite. Yeah, I mean, this is some real like domestic home horror from mm-hmm. beginning to end. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. And this, so when you and I talked about like ages ago when we read the first chapter of Men, Women, and Chainsaws, one of the mm-hmm. key elements that Carol J. Clover talked about in the, the the framework of a slasher is the terrible place. And I love how much this movie plays with that with with, with that uh that plot device like the terrible place because we have multiple terrible places here. We we have literally mm-hmm. Mackie's basement is a terrible place. We have like your own home could become a terrible place. And then, of course, yeah, I mean, the, what is the good place? What is the good place? And then, and then the far isolated, like, title island. So this movie, like, really plays around with, like, suburban, you know, again, like we talked about before, like, that false sense of security. They're, like, Mackie's able to take anything that you see, like, as safe, and he is able to, like, make it his own terrible place for you. And I think that's that's another kind of, like, type of fear in this, too. Like, you know, the mm-hmm. the 
something becoming unfamiliar and scary. And I don't know, it's, I feel like this movie does a very good job with playing with that. Yeah, absolutely. To that point, like, they didn't think this neighborhood was unfamiliar and scary until they knew more about what was going on. And then they like can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of why the friends fight so hard not to see it. Although I did also write down like good friends because up until like the very end, they were like, fine, we're in this fine. Like I'm with you. That's better than a lot of movie friends. Yeah, absolutely. They, they actually gave and- him a good amount of benefit of doubt. They did. I also wonder, like, but I think it's also like maybe playing it too. Like, they're all looking for some sort of escape from like what's going yeah. on in their own home. It's like, well, what else am I going to do? Go home and watch my parents fight. So it's like, yeah, yeah but it's sure, just let's do a, this. It's so unique because thinking about men, women, and chainsaws, like, they aren't usually like boys and men, at least consuming horror or in horror, are not generally drawn to watching like themselves be terrorized. I think we talked about that a little bit in the episode where like more modern horror is kind of like more men being hunted and terrorized and traumatized. And it's like, what are these male horror fans getting out of that kind of experience versus what it was before? Right. Yeah. Cause it's, it, it does. Cause you know, what, what Clover wrote about is that like, Really, those the only male characters for people for men to identify with are the killers themselves, right? And this yeah. is totally different. Where, like, of course, you're probably going to identify with one of these kids, mm-hmm. but then and like the kids themselves, like it. I just find it to be like a perverse obsession to be drawn to someone who is going after like literally a murderer who murders your type of person at your age in your place like that is a perverse obsession right in a way that's not quite like if a group of girls started hunting the serial killer who hunts boys between 13 and 15 Mm. like there's a perverseness there almost where like i don't know how to explain it (laughs) no 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 that's good i i like that too and kind of like the and it's interesting because we're just talking about like like the, like the evolution of these slasher movies with like the gender roles. This is also one of the the rare cases where Davy is technically a final boy. I guess I don't know because the body well, count yeah, in this true. movie is very low. He's a final boy on the island. <laughs> yeah, but, but there's only two, yeah. so it's I, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know what this fits into. Like, I, I, I also think this is part of why I want Men, Women, and Chainsaws 2020 edition. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I think it also, at least my rules, also plays into how, like, I find it interesting when we did the subgenre categorization, neither of us brought up slasher. And I think it's kind of like the body count sort of thing. And and it also doesn't play, you know, there, there's no picking off of the group, really. Right. Yeah, the group. Like we we almost make it through the movie losing no characters that we know. Right. So it doesn't feel anything like a slasher. I wasn't even sure we would see someone die like in the movie because of how off screen or like I even one of my notes was like, where are the fucking bodies? No matter who's killing them, there's 13 of them. Like where? 
They're not in the garden. They're not in the basement. They're not in the shed. Like <laughs> he's dissolving them with the the sodium hydroxide. Okay, but like very slowly. Yeah. See, uh, again, that's, <laughs> that's another thing that this. I guess where I, to to use this as a way to pivot into the messaging in the movie slash mm-hmm. like tinfoil mm-hmm. hat theory is the 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 little breadcrumbs that this movie leaves of the psyche of Mackie, I think is fascinating because it doesn't answer like anything about him. No, right. It doesn't. Like we don't get like any motivation. We just get, he likes to kidnap boys and murder them. And possibly he does this like manhunt game, but we don't know if he does that with all of them. So yeah. And he has multiple locations, multiple cars, uh, he's a cop and you know, so like we, we get the thing of he recreated his childhood room in the basement where he yeah, keeps what the his captives. Fuck was that? <laughs> he likes to take his trophies are the family portraits. Interesting. And it's his murder. I mean, I think they did say that he murdered two adults, but yeah, we, it, it, one that like went wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, because I find it interesting that he, when he does sneak into Davy's house and he comes out of the attic, he has ample opportunity to annihilate the family. And Which he I thought was going to happen. Me too. So I find it interesting that like, it's so specific to just these young boys. And so it's like, what, who the fuck is this guy? You know, <laughs> I don't have any answers. I just find it interesting. That this movie is just leaving us these little breadcrumbs and just doesn't want, d- doesn't address any of it. Yeah. That is a part. I, I generally like when things aren't explained for like why they happened, but it did. It does feel like there's a missing scene where like he's talking to Davey early on about how like, his dad never played with him or like he never got to play games like manhunt or you know what I mean? Like something to Mm. tie it into kind of like, he's this weird loner and he, does he kidnap these boys to try to be like fucked up companions because he is like mentally sees himself there and like ends up killing them or like, does he feel rage at like his former child self? Like who the fuck knows? (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 morbidly fascinating. Like it's <laughs> But I would rather not have to think about that at all and instead be like, "Why, Nikki? Why?" <laughs> my god. Um because oh, cuz the N- Nikki's excuse by just because my parents are getting divorced and I'm upset well, about it. Well, there's like it, four but- reasons that you could pile on that would totally work all- that would work better than like, I don't know, he's a cop, he likes to murder children, like, I don't know. Just go with well, it. I, I know we kind of already said this, but I do like that they don't explain it. Like, like kind of what you're saying, like there isn't like this mm-hmm. backstory of like, you know, his dad was like this to him yeah. or whatever. Cause I like, cause then not that it, it doesn't excuse it, but like, cause I feel like when movies do that is like trying to make you sympathize with him, like even like the smallest amount. And I, I agree, I'm glad, but I'm glad I just wanted some hints. Like, yeah. or does he live in this house and it was his parents' house and like everybody knows he like stayed in his parents' house and we're supposed to like get something like that he's not quite in line with the community either. Or so- but we didn't. Everybody liked him. Everybody respected him. He like nobody thought he was fucking weird at all. It was just so like 
Which I mean, like, you know, we listen to like the true crime stuff. That's kind of like how like a lot of people do sometimes describe these people. Not accurately, though, because when you get to people who knew them, they're like, oh, he had a bad temper. Oh, he had like this weird thing that would happen every few months. But we just brushed it off or like it's it's actually not the person who like seems normal and perfect. That is an interesting point that there isn't really anybody within his own life that we get to meet and like as like a litmus test like how he is that's what i mean like we needed more hints about like what's going on with him in some way other than like he gets boys in his house and kills them right but he's been living next to all of these boys and up until now nothing has ever like wigged them out about him ever i don't know it's just yeah like I prefer the movie I watched with a slight change to the ending. I think that's all I had, though, for like the mess. I mean, like, we, I feel like we we did a lot of, about like the messaging of like, you know, you never know what's going on behind closed doors and things like that. Yeah. Also, I don't know. Like adults never understand. <laughs> is that, that the message? Like adults never understand. That is kind of like another like fear that this movie does delve into but like the whole like childhood thing of like you know the adults won't listen to me yeah like they wouldn't even consider what he was saying and then when he was proved right they were just like proud of you yeah exactly zero emotion i don't think these parents care none of them cared none of the parents cared i'm surprised every kid in this cul-de-sac wasn't murdered and in this guy's basement just out because they would wander over to somebody who's paying attention to them you know, the movie I want is both Mackie and Nikki are like individual murderers, but they don't know it. And so like, okay, I did like- also consider that. <laughs> I, because, I, I, I think okay, I would watch that. 11 boys, 11 for one person to have killed like 11 boys in this Tri-County area over any amount of time is insane. So I was like, what if it's not one? What if there are like multiple killers and like as they're doing these manhunt games, they see all these different weird things going on. And it's hard to like pick up the patterns because it's all getting like mixed up. So it's like, yes, boom. and there's like flashlights and different nights and you're like, who was that? And Yes. How has this not been done before? Yeah, I would watch that. I don't know. We should do that. That sounds good. <laughs> I think that like one thing that this movie does need at the end, what we've been talking about, like the ma- mm-hmm. understanding Mackie a little bit more. Is because you know I feel like this movie's already taking like a little bit from Hitchcock with the rear rear window oh, yeah. vibes. It kind of needs that scene at the end of Psycho where like the that uh, psychologist just like comes in. Like we need like the FBI profiler just coming at the end. Oh yeah, this is like this is what he this is what we've been tracking this guy down yeah. for. Was he years ever arrested? How was yeah. he not arrested? I don't understand what happened in the end. Where is the Sea Island? What's going on? <laughs> Why were the sirens real when how how did he drive out of the cul-de-sac in a cop car with two children chloroformed in the back? Like that was a big suspension of disbelief right there where it's like they're in the bed on the second floor of a house with like 20 cops outside. They're in a car. Good point. Yeah, I, I guess we need to see a little bit more how they got A to B there. I think we need a little bit more of Mackie in general, like his machinations or like his machinations. Uh, right. And like a, a day in the life. Like, let's get a little bit of his day. Like, because he's just like a big question mark the whole time. 
Like, it's not weird to have a car in a storage unit. It's not weird to have a storage unit. I don't know. I don't know. It didn't all add up. Yeah. But yeah, yeah no, I don't I, I don't really have more messaging other than like, don't trust anyone. Absolutely. Even your neighbors. Or of course your neighbors. Yeah. Don't trust your attractive neighbors who are like, they would never be a serial killer. Alrighty, if you were to pick any movie prop or item from Summer of 84 to put in the basement of the Cabin of Woods to summon Mackie to uh, unleash his evils on <laughs> on someone in a slasher mo- horror movie, uh, what, what, what movie props would you pick from this? That one's a little hard because there weren't actually a lot of like trinkets. Oh, I, I feel like the, there were some trinkets. Oh, I don't know. I picked some like obscure things maybe, but <laughs> I mean, I would say like the padlock from the basement, maybe. Hmm. I was going to say, I wanted to take that one like a little bit step further that like when you go into the basement, there is that padlocked room. Oh, but if you are somehow able to open it, your family photos are in there. And then that's, oh, that's, that's like the that's whole scary. Yeah, that is fucking creepy Uh, (laughs) i mean i would say it would be like an innocuous looking house key okay and you don't know which house it's to but it just looks like anybody's front door key it could be like a little envelope with like 10 bucks in it it says for the paper boy it's just (laughs) yeah that's good i like that i picked it i don't know why i'm proud of this because it's so obscure i don't know if people are even going to like remember this scene but uh it's his little cooler of popsicles that he has when he just oh, posts up and watches the kids oh, play baseball. Yeah. Who I also thought that was such a red herring moment. I was like, there's no fucking way that they're giving us this scene and we're supposed to be like, he's definitely the murderer. Come Even on. For the 80s, I had to be weird. This guy posting up with a few brewskis just front watching. Yard, just watching yeah. children play. Yeah, that was weird even in the 80s. Yeah. Oh, another thing. I was thinking about the walkie-talkies, and I have to say, there was a better movie here, even with Mackie being the killer, because one of the things I wrote down is, Mackie says the police walkies pick up everything. He's listening to them, and he wasn't, but he should have been. Oh, that's so good. Right? I thought for sure that's what he was implying when he said that. And he wanted them to use the police walkies because then he'd know what band they're on and he could easily tune in any time. And that didn't pay off, but it really should have. That's good. I like that. Yeah, that that definitely should have been a big payoff in this. And with the walkie-talkies, I did have the G.I. Joe walkie-talkie that they had. Yeah. But it's just the one Mm. and you don't know where the other one is, but you could hear weird shit coming from it. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I think the last thing I had was uh, just a milk carton with like a missing ad on there. Mm. Yeah. But uh, I don't know okay. if you have any other trinkets. I mean, it would just be like Davy's bike would probably be just like propped up against the wall somewhere. Oh, that's good. With like maybe like his like newspaper, like sash. Yeah. Bag that he has. Yeah. But yeah, that's it. Hey, everybody, taking a quick little interruption to slide in a clip from a different episode that we recorded, but we talked about Summer of 84 briefly with Ellie from Bad Critic. Again, this is from a separate recording, but Orleans' take on Nikki 
being the red herring and the, possibly the killer in this movie came up and I thought it was pretty fitting to get uh, Ellie's take on that in here. So here's this clip right before we wrap up the episode. Thanks again for listening. Okay, so <laughs> listeners, here's the situation. I get a text. I'm exhausted from, it's like I'm halfway through Fantasia. I don't know where I am anymore. I've seen some horrors, okay? I wake up in the morning, I get a message from Aurelia. She's like, you got, Ellie, you need to se- you need to watch this movie and tell me what you think. And I, and it's, and Rucker's in the chat. So I'm like, okay, what is going on? I guess I'll have to watch this movie right now. Right now. <laughs> you, you, you literally dropped everything you were doing. It put on a 100-minute movie and watched it. I turned off the stupid YouTube video that I was watching. I was like, I might as well just watch a movie instead while I get ready for the day. And then I was I, so <laughs> sure that you would agree with my take on this movie. I didn't disagree with your take. I know. I was a middle... I went full middle ground, which is rare for me. So, Orlean watched a different movie than we did. No, I didn't. I, it is the mo- I swear to God, it is the movie. It is. It is so plainly out there. This will be my manifesto. Like a hundred percent. Anyway, it was a. It, it, it was a pleasure for me. I had a great time. I appreciate you both. You know. <laughs> <laughs> also, this is why like we don't really share takes until we record, which is why that was like we had just recorded, and I was like, no, no. I was like, that's all so funny. Up. And I love how like so Orly went on like this internet spiral trying to find somebody else that had the no same one, take I as her. Find anybody on Reddit? Not a single person who was like, hey, did anybody notice that one character kept it's popping up? <laughs> it's because you're so pure. You were like, it must have been intentional. <laughs> I literally didn't even watch a trailer, so I, I was just taking it for like, what are you telling me, movie? I have no, no preconceived sure. notions about any of this, which is it's why okay. I think I'm right. Oh my God. <laughs> but to my- your point, maybe it was subconscious on their part. I think my favorite part, besides Ellie just dropping everything and just watching the movie, was because I did not expect that to happen. I fully expected to be like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it maybe on the weekend. But uh, you coming back be like, I don't think the filmmakers are actually that clever. <laughs> that, I was never expecting that answer. In a million years. <laughs> Chaos. That's that's what I bring to it, you know. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I'm debating we'll have if more is it horrors for sure. Yeah. I think what we're going to have to do is I'm going to have to like take this segment and just like chunk it on to the end of that episode yes. because like people yes, will be like, please. what the fuck is what? Cause we haven't it'll even said the sense. name of the movie, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, no, no, but no. it'll make sense when you cut it onto it. And then like, yeah, people talk, please. I swear to God, yeah. like somebody else sees this future listeners. Tell us who's right. Who's wrong. Even though we've been so vague, no one knows what we're talking about right now. Well, once it's attached to the movie, they'll know. And then they'll, yeah. then they'll have an opinion. Yeah. Tell us tell us the opinion. <laughs> tell us the opinion. <laughs> yeah. That's like the mildest request for feedback. <laughs> tell us the opinion. I I I'm, I'm very surprised and happy that you liked Summer of 84 to be honest because I like, I really didn't know how you would feel about this, but uh this is and we we had a much deeper an expansive conversation than I thought we we're going to have. So that's, that's, that's always a pleasant surprise. Yeah. I love that we watch the same movies and sometimes we have just different reads on what happened. I think that's so Completely interesting. Completely different reads. Yes. If it, I really got to know. It's there. It's there. 
Oh my goodness. But uh, yeah, this has been Autopsy of a Horror Movie. Yeah. Summer 84. <laughs> this is great. Please be sure to watch the movie. Watch the movie on Shudder. Uh, this was so much fun. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and threads at Brucker Horror. Uh, you can f- uh, be sure to go check out Orlean's show, Spooky and Strange, with an ampersand in there. Yeah, I have crazy takes on things, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Orlean, you recently did, I mean, this by the time this comes out, it will be a, few, a couple weeks old, but like you just did a. Oh fuck! What 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 chapter did you, was it? An interview. I with did the a read along, starting interview with a vampire from page one, and so I went through technically chapter one. It's not really broken up into chapters, but it's like part one. I read and did like commentary as I was reading along. Amazing! So yeah, people, be sure to go check that out, and they can find you on Twitter and Instagram at Spooky Orlean. All these links that I'm mentioning are in the show notes. If people just want to scroll over there. And I want to give a shout out to our friends over at horrorpress.com. It's just a great website. People go people go check that out. There's been some really fun articles on there. A uh, friend of the podcast, Ellie, she's been writing some articles over there. She also, just wrote check it. out their Instagrams because Ellie and HorrorPress are like very active. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time with an episode that is TBD. But uh, <laughs> be sure to watch Bye. some good movies. Bye. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Autopsy of a Horror Movie. It means so much to us that you choose us to listen to out of all the other podcasts that are out there. If you could please help us grow by following us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, at Brooker Horror, retweeting, sharing our episodes, and come check out the Patreon page. This is a passion project, and we dedicate so much time and effort into it, and it means so much to see other people enjoying the show just as much as we enjoy putting our uh, time into it. So over on the Patreon at patreon.com slash Horror, you can get bonus episodes, bonus kill grades, commentary tracks, special topics, voting options, and also a private Discord channel that you could be a part of. And if you just want to join the non-private Discord channel, just hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at Brucker Horror. I'll be happy to uh, grow that flock. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening, and please share with friends.